0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks
2: first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF news. Mostly sunny today, high near 79. Increasing clouds tonight, low around 62. Chance of showers cloudy on Friday with a high near 73. The Spot Diner Restaurant in Upper Front Street in the town of Shenango will be closing its doors this month. The Spot has been a popular uh, restaurant with Broom County residents and travelers since the 1960s. Owner Spirus DeMatos told WNBF News that the decision to close was painful, but he said it's obviously not something we wanted to do, but it was necessary because of business conditions. All of the expenses associated with running the restaurant were continuing to rise, The COVID-19 pandemic had a big impact on business and things never fully recovered. A closing date has not been determined, but they say it won't be long before the spot shuts down. The owner said he's committed to keeping the place operating at least through Columbus Day. The restaurant property, which includes about two and a half acres of land, is listed for sale. The asking price for the site is $1 million. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul announced that the application period to apply for a license for businesses and individuals wishing to legally grow, process, distribute, and sell cannabis is now open. The open application period began on October 4th and will remain open until December 4th. Hundreds of licenses will be awarded in New York State. These licenses will be available for cultivation processing, distribution, sale, or to operate a micro-business, according to the New York State Governor's website. In addition, Governor Hochul announced that the state continues to shut down illegal sales of cannabis throughout New York State. The Office of Cannabis Management and the Department of Taxation and Finance has so far seized more than 8,500 pounds of illicit product, with an estimated street value of more than $42 million. Applicants chosen for the cannabis licenses will begin being awarded in early 2024. New York City is challenging a unique legal agreement that requires it to provide emergency housing to anyone who asks for it. The city's shelter system is straining under a large influx of international migrants who have arrived since last year. The city filed a request late Tuesday asking a court to allow it to suspend the requirement when there is a state of emergency where the shelter population of single adults increases at a rapid rate. The following came as Mayor Eric Adams embarks on a four-day trip through Latin America where he said he will discourage people from coming to New York. Some property owners on Akawaka Lake are expressing concern about the deteriorating conditions at the site of the former Scotts Family Resort. The site gained renewed attention when it was featured as a family getaway spot in the Marvelous Miss Maisel television series. A company out of California acquired the 1,000-acre property in the town of Sanford in December of 2020. The purchase price for the site, about 30 miles east of Binghamton, was $2.7 million. The new owners plan to transform it into a year-round destination for adults and families, according to The Hollywood Reporter. But nearly three years after the sale, the people at Aquaga Lake say the dilapidated buildings remain an eyesore and a potential safety hazard. Town Supervisor Kenneth Wist said he hasn't heard of any detailed redevelopment plans from the property owners. He said the conditions of the remaining structures at the site have worsened since the sale. Wist said he and the Sanford Code Enforcement Officer met last January with a representative of the owners to discuss the property and what might be done in the future. The town has conveyed to the owner's concern about the appearance of the property, including grass that at one point reached about two and a half feet high over the summer. Some action was taken after the owner's representative was notified. A man who opened fire on a Brooklyn subway train last year is scheduled to be sentenced today. Frank James pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting aboard a Manhattan-bound rush-hour subway. He faces the possibility of life in prison. His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. And authorities say a mining company employee was crushed to death in an accident involving a shuttle car in a western Pennsylvania mine. LCT Energy said in a statement that the man became trapped between the car and an interior wall of the company's Maple Spring mine near Holsaple on Monday. The Somerset County Coroner Colin Swank identified him as 37-year-old Brandon Frederick of Johnstown and said he sustained multiple blunt force injuries. The death was ruled accidental. The State Department of Environmental Protection has ordered the operators of the township mine to temporarily cease operations in the affected section. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports, and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290
0: WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF.
2: Bob
1: Joseph. Binghamton Now. Thursday, October 5th, 2023, live and local. 607 772 1290 is the Binghamton Now hotline. What's on your mind? Let me know. Your call is important. So important, I will answer the phone. And let's begin at the Binghamton, uh, oh yeah, the the raisin shortage. (laughs) You don't run out of things to worry about. And you know, occasionally I have had some reason to be amused by the front page of the Wall Street Journal, which is more often than not where fears of product shortages begin. You know, you have to learn about impending product shortages someplace. And there seems to be a person or maybe two reporters for The Wall Street Journal who are very good at uh, bringing us news of impending product shortages. Well, the raisin shortage wrinkles brows at Triple City supermarkets. That is the headline from the evening press in Binghamton 50 years ago. October 4th 1973 concerns about the raisin shortage so as they say it's always something it's nine let's check those hotlines hi WNBF you're on the air you're caller number one what's your first name where are you calling from
3: hey Bobby it's John from Binghamton
1: hey Johnny how's it going on the west side man
3: uh well I was okay until last night uh the city wants to borrowed $10 million for the stadium. Improvement. What? What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I thought I saw something on an agenda uh, a few days ago that, that caused me some concern, but I never looked more closely at it. So please fill in some of the interesting details. $10 million for improvements or upgrades at the Binghamton Municipal Stadium? Yeah, league orders. League orders. Well, of you course. That's, that's what we heard over the last two years since baseball uh, well, in Binghamton was, was saved, and we knew that was going to come at a price. Well, it's, it's been saved
3: a no- number of times, and each time it was saved by Mayor David and others, uh, press releases were put out. This guarantees us baseball. You know, this amount of money will guarantee us the stadium improvements in baseball to some year. You know, I think it was 20 years the last time. Uh, no further improvements are necessary. Well, uh, apparently the stadium's flooding. Uh, uh, sewage is coming up. I, I don't know what what the problem is. Uh, Cram has hired a consulting engineer from Ohio I guess maybe that's for the parking ramp uh project. I don't know, but uh yeah. So uh, I I spoke against it, uh two other people spoke against it and uh, that's uh, but I mean, you know, at what point at what point millions and millions and millions do you I mean, if you knew another 10 million was going to be required maybe uh, 15 million ago, you you would have went for a new stadium. I mean, that's that's n- nothing that can't be... <clears throat> I mean, the the university only has $60 million into theirs. So, I mean... You know,
1: well, maybe uh, I can call the anonymous donor who gave, ostensibly, reportedly, allegedly gave $60 million for the university baseball f- facility. And I could ask her if she'd be willing to donate um, $10 million <laughs> to the city of Binghamton to pay for the latest whatever whatever the problem is. I have no idea. What? You know, what? flooding. Now, that's a new one. I, I had not heard that flooding really was a significant issue. Now, I do know at times of heavy rain, Henry Street, the area of the stadium, does have water for probably a period of several minutes. Maybe it takes 30 minutes before water goes down. I hadn't heard that uh, water issues were, were um, affecting the safe and normal operations of our baseball complex. Uh,
3: neither have I uh, until yesterday. And uh, I also found out that the, the Jumbotron, I guess, has went out. Oh, you know no. they, they brought a, a, a new Jumbotron, and they had problems with it, and there was no wonder made. who
1: made that. I have an idea what company made the Jumbotron. Probably the same people who made my $3,100 laptop that lasted for 15 and a half months. You know, it, well,
0: there's again,
3: they're the best. Oh, yeah. They out warranties. You know, maybe they, they should have got the extended warranty. Well,
1: I learned the hard way. I, I, you know, they always give you that option. Well, would you like a two year warranty? And I'm thinking, no, I'm buying a, a laptop for $3,100 from um, one of the best names in the business. So, certainly, my laptop is going to give me. Flawless service for at least two years, so I don't need your one hundred ten dollar extended warranty. But I learned the hard way.
3: Well, how about if the city ran bus tours to it, uh, to Yankee Stadium or, or City Stadium, and uh, you know we could borrow ten million dollars and, and give people free tickets and a, you know <laughs> a trip. Uh, to get, I mean, it, it, as long as we're spending so much money, I've, I'm not going to argue the pe- fact that people uh, like. Baseball.
1: Well, I love baseball,
3: and but I mean, I, I think, and you know, Bob, this stadium is under the exclusive control of the baseball team. It's not like it's available for rentals uh, to anyone else. I mean, as bad as the arena and Forum are, you you can rent those facilities out. Right. So I, uh, well,
1: what I uh, what what I think, and I know, or I think I know because of the terms of the lease. But what I I would like but it obviously won't happen, is say if I wanted to have Bobfest or Binghamton now get together, say next summer on some week when the baseball team, when the Rumble Ponies are on the road, which as we know the schedule now is, they play six games at home and then six games on the road typically. So there's always, in every month, there usually are two weeks where the baseball team won't be using or need to use the stadium. What I would like, but again, I... I won't have access to it, is to, you know, lease out, or not lease out, rent the stadium for a day for Bobfest so all the people who listen to the program could spend a a summer afternoon enjoying speedies and hot dogs and apple pie. But, yeah, again, as you suggest, I believe that that's precluded from the terms of the lease, that the baseball team has exclusive use of the city-owned stadium
3: one more thing on the criminal justice system locally I received a card from a candidate that is running for judge and one of her and she was appointed to the judgeship as the last few judges are you know these judges in Binghamton they don't serve their full term they they want to go on to another judgeship and they they bug out uh, leaving uh, the mayor to appoint a judge but this uh, card says that one of her uh, uh, selling Uh, point is that she is young enough uh, to serve a full term. Uh, I find that interesting, but more distressing than that was, again, we're with the endorsements uh, from law enforcement. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't give legal advice, but I would say this, that when you see judges buddy-buddy with law enforcement and accepting their endorsements and pictured uh, at Clambakes and all this... When you're in court in front of these people, you're a fool. Anybody would be a fool uh, not to immediately request a recusal, a recusal on the basis of these uh, close political associations that get these people elected. I mean, you, 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 and and let me say one more thing, and this is the final thing. Uh, a lot has been said about Paul Batista. Yesterday was one of those days, but here's the point. When somebody uh, gets arrested, and if they have the means to hire a high-powered lawyer uh, from out of town, and a deal is discussed, uh, the only thing that a district attorney has is his track record of trying cases so that when he looks at that defense attorney in the ice says, you know we're going to court on this day you better be ready because i'm not dealing now that is a valid threat from a fitzpatrick in onondaga county it was a valid threat from jerry malin it was a valid threat from michael Korczak, but uh, Paul Battisti, who has never tried a criminal case, is you You mean to tell me he's going to look a defense attorney in the eye and say, you know, I'm going to go to the mat with this? Well, where have you ever been on the mat prior to this? Whereas Ryan, Matt Ryan, uh, can make that threat and say, we're going to court on this, and he's no stranger to a criminal courtroom. So you know i i don't know uh i don't know where this is going but it 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 doesn't you know it doesn't look good uh he's going to have to uh if he gets elected he's going to have to hire people that are much more experienced than he is uh because he's not going to court and if he does go to court uh you know it'd be interesting to see the case that he would pick uh to go to court because If he ever set foot in a courtroom for the first time in a criminal trial as district attorney and lost, wouldn't that be some sort of vindication uh, for those that oppose him?
1: Thank you, John, for your thoughts and opinions. 607-772-1290. The thought and opinion line is now open. So if you have a thought or an opinion, or maybe one of each, you can call us today. It's Thursday Morning Live. Your station is at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and online at WNBF.com.
0: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota.
4: Don't know what you've got till it's gone They paradise,
5: put up a parking lot.
1: I saw that. Ooh. I saw that. I'll be doing a story about that. all the
5: trees, put them in a tree museum And they charge the people a dollar
1: and a half just to see them 925 WNBF. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ah, what do It gives us an opportunity, the perfect opportunity, as a matter of fact, for the weather forecast. As we say, the weather around here will always change. And it is about to change. Today will be a sunny day, 79. Tonight, increasing clouds, 62. Tomorrow, cloudy with a chance of showers, 73. And a wet and wild weekend and cooler. Showers Saturday, 63. Mostly cloudy Sunday with a chance of showers, High 55 right now. It's officially, and I'm not kidding, (laughs) it's officially 59 Fahrenheit, 15 Celsius here in downtown Binghamton at News Radio WNBF. For those who follow the AQI, air quality index, today is uh, decent breathable air. Air quality index is 45, so that's good. It's 926. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. Good morning,
6: Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. How's it going?
1: Well, it's going well.
6: Good, good. Hey, uh, per our conversation yesterday, uh, did you see who threw his his hat in the ring uh, for House Speaker? Jim Jones.
1: (laughs) No, Jim Jordan. Oh, Jim Jordan, right? I'm sorry, yeah. I I misspoke.
6: The 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 rabid
1: defender of
6: Trump during the impeachment. I told you, Bob. The Democrats are going to be sorry that they didn't keep because they had their way with it. I mean, <laughs> what do they need to be satisfied? They had their they had their way with McCarthy all the time, Bob. So. What they did was actually stupid; they're going to get Jordan, and he 's a bull
1: i mean well a... here 's my prediction, and you know i don 't make predictions, especially on the air, but if I did, my prediction would be that uh, Jim Jordan stands no chance, no chance in Nichols of being able to uh, become the next majority leader i 'm not surprised i 'm not surprised that he has thrown his figurative hat into the ring. It was inevitable. But uh, I don't believe the majority of Republicans wants Mr. You say a Jordan, right? It's Jim Jordan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Jim Jordan. So I don't think they want him to be the head of the of the party in the House. I just I I think they tolerate him. I think many people think that he might be um, a person who represents his district well he probably does i don't know that much about him i i have heard some of his more profound public statements and it does lead me to wonder about uh, whether he cares about democracy and the nation. But uh, I'm sure he's uh, a delightful representative, probably just a swell person to hang out with. As far as Republicans ultimately choosing him as the House Speaker, I tend to doubt it. On the other hand, as you certainly know, any pseudo predictions I've made in the past, uh, we'll just say my track record isn't good. So, you know, but my gut feeling, my guts tells me that I'm hungry for another bagel, but also it says <laughs> that Jim Jordan is not likely to prevail. I think uh, Steve Scalise will get it. I think Steve Scalise, yeah. who is um, from where where I stand, uh, viewed as highly respected. Yeah, I think I think Mr. Scalise will prevail if especially if it is still just two serious candidates. Between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, I do believe the next Speaker of the House will be Steve Scalise. Although, for those who, to your point, for those who think that um, Democrats probably should have um, done what they could to support uh, uh, the, the previous Speaker because his will, of his willingness to work with them, uh, it probably is true, because Steve Scalise, they say, uh, politically is to the right of uh, the ousted speaker. So Kevin McCarthy, I think, understood the need for compromise. I think Kevin McCarthy was a, a very good speaker of the House, sadly. Um, some of the renegades in the, the party don't like the word compromise.
6: Yeah, Well, maybe the Democrats are figuring that it's only for 15 months. It doesn't really matter who they put in because they feel they're going to get the House back. And, and I bet I they not, will. I, 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 I think they that. will.
1: And I think, you know, who has taken uh, copious notes on his iPad is uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries is taking notes and, and, and taking names. And he will remember come January 2025. 20, when he becomes the next speaker of the House. So as the Democrats retake control of the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries, noted Binghamton University graduate, will certainly remember the way certain Republicans behaved, and certainly people like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and a few of the other more colorful, I won't name their names, we know who I'm referencing, uh, some of the more colorful members of the House will um, We'll see that uh, Hakeem Jeffries never forgets.
6: You, do you think he even knows how to take notes? After all, he went to Binghamton University, Bob.
1: I won't even dignify that comment with a response. Oh, okay, okay. That's... that's a good that, one there. Yeah, that's a cheap what? shot. That's, that really is uncalled for. The reality, and look it up, the reality is uh, many, many students at Binghamton University are among the best and the brightest, not just in New York State, but in the nation, maybe the world. So some of the best people, the smartest, the most perfect people, (laughs) Um, are chosen as Binghamton University students to suggest they don't know how to take notes or to even... Infer that H- Hakeem Jeffries, because he went to Binghamton in the early 90s, can't take notes. I find. I find that to be disturbing. So it's 9:32. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Let's continue. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
7: Hey, Bob. It's Ron from Binghamton. Uh, happy Thursday, sunny day before the low comes in and gives us some rain. Enjoy the day. Uh, Bob, do you remember I'm I'm going to say it was around 16 or so years ago that there was a fundraising thing going on in the triple cities. Uh, the idea was to put these BC comics uh, sculptures around the area in various spots, and they were sponsored by banks and organizations. I think it cost at least $5,000 to sponsor one of the BC sculptures. Do you remember that?
1: Well, I remember they had some around here, but I don't think they lasted long because they they were attractive for people who wanted a collectible.
7: Yeah. Well, you know, Bob, uh that started out as a a big plan uh to raise funds for nonprofit agencies. It was it was uh it was going to be a big fundraising um, thrust, uh like they did apparently in Erie, Pennsylvania, who had a very successful time doing these uh sculptures. But uh that comes to mind because I'm thinking uh Should we do something about these uh, garbage receptacles, the $800 garbage receptacles? I haven't seen them, but apparently, you know, an $800 garbage receptacle must be pretty nice. What if we get them sponsored? Now, we could have uh, uh, companies sponsor them or maybe a group of people. And uh, instead of just having them out there and the cost, uh, you know, having to be borne by the taxpayer, suppose we turn them into a sponsorship thing. Uh, you can even put, uh, you know, in uh, memory of a loved one, whatever, and sponsor one of those uh, wonderful receptacles. Uh, is that uh, uh, an idea we should float, do you think?
1: Well, you can float it. Would I support it? No.
7: Oh. Oh. Uh, May I ask why you wouldn't support
1: it? Because I don't want to see more visual pollution downtown. Oh. I, um, don't, I don't need to see any more commercialization of our downtown business district. Don't get me wrong. I support all local businesses, but I don't want to see more advertising on things like garbage cans or anything else. It already... Um, how can I phrase I was gonna say bothers me, but that's that's too strong i'm not I'm unimpressed by seeing the b c transit buses slathered with advertising, but I understand that'll never change, and the county uh of course makes thousands of dollars a year by selling bus wraps, so you know that's visual pollution in my mind uh putting more advertising on City-owned things, you know. There was a proposal, and I don't know if it really was seriously considered around here. I, I think some uh, municipalities in the United States have gone so far as to sell advertising on police vehicles, and I I can't remember if someone floated that idea or tried to uh, at least discuss selling advertising on law enforcement vehicles around here. I think it's been done. I don't know if it's still being done elsewhere. I, uh, I personally think anything that is owned by government should not have any advertising. And actually, so in a perfect world, and we'll never live in a perfect world, I would like to see a baseball stadium, the arena, um, the golf course that's owned by Endicott. I'd like to see all these places uh, stripped of advertising, but I also understand uh, that's not in the cards, and that the municip- municipalities involved need the money. Or maybe in the case of, say, the um, baseball stadium and the arena, I believe those ads are are sold by the teams, the baseball and hockey teams. Anyway, I just uh, I think we have too much visual pollution now. I, uh, I'm i tired of seeing more and more billboards. I'd like to see fewer things that serve as distractions from the natural beauty of our parlor city.
7: Well, actually, Bob, I do agree with you. I was attempting to be facetious and sarcastic about uh, these $800 receptacles. I don't know how many the city has purchased.
1: I believe, but, uh, I believe, although I never did get a response from Mayor Cram on this one, so I can, uh, since I sent a letter to the mayor and deputy, or an email to the mayor and deputy mayor about this very issue, and uh, there's been no response, so that speaks to the sensitivity of the matter. Um, they uh, they apparently don't want to discuss it, but I I understand through original reporting that nine these garbage cans, which have uh, a reported retail value of nearly $800 each, were purchased, and I've been told more will be coming to Binghamton next year. Now, I don't know, given the fact there's been that this is in the spotlight, I don't know if the order has been placed or if it would be canc- canceled or adjusted. But I, I understand that the first nine were um, the initial phase, and that more were going to be purchased probably early next year but i have no idea because the uh, my request for information has been ignored
7: yeah <laughs> yeah well well i i just uh, i haven't seen them except well actually i think i did see i don't know if it was a rendering or an actual picture of one you know online
1: well wnbf.com uh, had what i considered oh. to be a delightful story i mean since i went to the trouble of taking pictures of the day that they were installing actually uh one day on my way in here at about nine oh three i saw some city workers installing and bolting down one of the new trash bins about a half block away and at great personal expense i i went over there to take some pictures because my estimation i like i like pictures that act that tend to show what's Activity, as opposed to after it's installed, and I took some pictures after they had been placed at other locations but it 's nice to see when when something is actually being installed, so I did the story, but apparently apparently there's no need or no desire from city hall to um, to elaborate. I guess either they thought my story was sufficient or they didn't like my story and figured well by by offering any more information we'll just give the story legs so I, I think they're they're content for people just to ignore it i i thought when i saw because usually as you probably are aware whenever there is some sort of new initiative from, from city hall i thought with the installation of the new beautiful lovely and uh, thoughtfully designed Trash cans, I thought we would be treated to a news conference by the mayor to announce it yeah. but I what I'm wondering and I don't know this, but since that's usually what happens if there's a new initiative, the mayor would hold a news conference so the TV stations would be able to cover it. he'd probably hold it at 10 a.m so the TV stations would be able to cover it and then i I wondered if maybe he changed his mind because he didn't like the story that. I did about I, I hope that's not the case because I I personally I love them I think I think they're a big uh, asset to downtown Binghamton and and as as far as design goes and I mentioned about um, too many distractions and not wanting advertising on them as far as the design I love the design and I, I like the the fact that on two sides you've got sort of what has become the stylized cityscape that's used by binghamton at the bottom and then on the uh two other sides you've got a nice nicely designed graphic that says downtown binghamton in yellow and white i i personally think the design should win some awards but they didn't ask me
7: well bob i have two quick questions regarding them uh first of all uh will any be placed maybe they have already uh, near the masonic temple that 's question number one. I think you need a few
1: in front of the masonic temple I'd say What's at least one? five i mean yeah. three- three on Main Street and two on on Murray Street. I think that would be a start
7: and the other question is uh how many red beer cups can they hold
1: you know that's another thing. They should have a separate container. And it actually could be the same. They could get it from the same company in Southern California because they do these customized cans. But have one that is just in design very similar or identical to the new trash cans, but paint them bright red, the same color as the red plastic cups. And that way, at the end of a night of heavy studying, the students could put the used red cups into the Red cup recycling bin so they could all be recycled. So that would be environmentally friendly. Yeah. I think this is gonna work out, Bob. I think I have a plan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think that's brilliant. And if you put if you put those same design by the way, I think they call them Disneyland cans or something, because I think I think the original design was based off something that was First use at Disneyland or Disney World So I I Personally find the design The actual Structural design of the trash cans To be uh, appropriate And lovely And The other thing is They have a trick There's a trick (laughs) To being able to get inside them And most people don't know the trick uh, Which is It's ingenious. Whoever designed this can, the average person will look at the garbage can and say, gee, I'd like to be able to cause trouble and get the trash in that can, pull out the trash bin and cause trouble and like spill trash or whatever around the area just because I'm a bad person. Well, the average person isn't even going to figure out how to open it. I mean it can be done and it's ingenious but it's those cans are nicely designed and I commend the company the company that that does these cans has a wide array of trash bins and other similar products they've if you want to check it out you can go online they do good work they do excellent work Cheryl writes regarding the trash cans the $800 cost of these trash cans is in line with the industry standard cans are heavy and heavy duty as they're outside and have to withstand a lot. Thank you, Cheryl. Now that's true. These are not these are not your typical trash cans. These are not the trash cans you buy over at Kmart for 19 bucks knowing that they're going to last for about 18 months, which is 3 months longer than my laptop lasted. So, now these are designed probably, I assume, for at least a decade or maybe Maybe more of useful service. so yes, they are not they're not cheaply designed, they're not cheaply fabricated. and I suspect I think there's also part of the process they use uh, corrosion resistant paint. so you know hopefully five or ten years from now, they'll still look pretty good. And of course, so far, as I've been able to ascertain. Absolutely no one has been able to use a spray paint can on on any of them. I've seen most most stuff that gets placed in downtown Binghamton, if it's new, seems attractive to uh, the so-called artistes armed with spray paint cans. But I haven't seen that happen, fortunately. It's 945, Bob Joseph Live, WNBF. 48, your quiet island. Bob Joseph, live on a Thursday.
0: <laughs>
1: 607-772-1290. Good morning. You're on the air. What's the, what's the first name of the caller, please? It's Beverly. Oh, and, hey. and what's what's the hometown of the caller? What's the hometown? Jacksonville. Beverly from Dickinson, good morning. You're on the air.
4: Yeah, we, uh, I see the spot restaurants closing.
1: Yes, WNBF News has reported that, sadly, the iconic spot diner restaurant will close probably perhaps as early as Monday.
4: Yeah, I know. That's sad, though. I mean, uh, when I worked at the nursing home, I used to go in there every night. Yeah, you know, I have, you, know, have, you know, like something to drink before I went
1: to bed. Yeah, Well, it's, like that. it's been a tough few years. I spoke with the owner at length yesterday, and he did say it was very painful. But he also said he probably should have done it sooner. He was thinking the economy and things would start to get better, and he waited and waited for things to get better, and they just didn't get better, so he had to make um, a tough decision. And that's something he... He looked forward to doing, but it seems like it finally got to the point where he didn't have any choice.
4: Yeah, that's sad, though. It we is. We had a lot of good times up there. When it was New Year's Eve, we'd we'd go up and you know celebrate New Year's Eve up there.
1: Yep. Well, the thing is, uh, the Damato's family has now owned the spot for fifty years, so it's been a good run—a half century. Owned by the same family as a good run, the place I believe started in the '60s uh, under a different ownership. But I I believe the current uh, family that owns it has uh, has has operated the spot for just over 50 years. Yeah, well, that
4: that's sad, but what are you going to do?
1: Well, it, it it will be missed, and I wish uh, the owner as well as all the people who. Are currently working there all the best this is a tough time but they're also good workers so i know they'll they'll find new jobs and hopefully they'll they'll be able to make adjustments okay all right
4: okay have a good day
1: thank you beverly it's 951 if you want more details about the end of an era with the closing of the spot diner on upper front street Uh, You can see the story and some pictures and a little more historical context on WNBF.com. It's 951 Bob Joseph on air, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and stay connected using the WNBF app. WNBF weather in a word sunny sunny and nice right now it's 59
6: sunshine
8: came softly through my
1: Police have made a series of arrests at a hotel near Albany, where more than 100 migrants have been staying. And the story is in the Albany Times-Union reporter Brendan J. Lyons, along with journalist Joshua Solomon have the story. It's online at timesunion.com. The uh, charges, some are misdemeanors, some are felonies. They uh, were allegedly committed by a non-citizen who was working at the hotel but not staying there under the migrant sheltering program. Another arrest was made off-site when a Venezuelan migrant staying at the hotel was charged with assault sultan robbery after allegedly attacking employees at a cell phone store where he was accused of smashing stuff and taking cash from the register. That person also had been arrested twice in New York City over the summer for charges of assault and forgery before he was taken to the Colony Hotel as part of New York City's Migrant Relocation Program. A police official said another incident over the weekend resulted in the arrest of two migrants on assault and weapons possession charges when they allegedly brandished knives during a fight that broke out during a party And then, another Venezuelan migrant was charged with assault for allegedly striking his girlfriend with a set of keys. So, there you go. News Radio
0: 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton. A town square media. Where
2: news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 79. Increasing clouds tonight, low around 62. Chance of showers, cloudy on Friday with a high near 73. The Spot Diner Restaurant on Upper Front Street in the town of Shenango will be closing its doors this month. The Spot has been a popular uh, restaurant with Broom County residents and travelers since the 1960s. Owner Spiros de Matos, told WNBF News that the decision to close was painful but he said it's obviously not something we wanted to do but it was necessary because of business conditions. All of the expenses associated with running the restaurant were continuing to rise. The COVID-19 pandemic had a big impact on business and things never fully recovered. A closing date has not been determined but they say it won't be long before the spot shuts down. The owner said he's committed to keeping the place operating at least through Columbus Day. The restaurant property, which includes about two and a half acres of land, is listed for sale. The asking price for the site is $1 million. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul announced that the application period to apply for a license for businesses and individuals wishing to legally grow, process, distribute, and sell cannabis is now open. The open application period began on October 4th and will remain open until December 4th. Hundreds of licenses will be awarded in New York State. These licenses will be available for cultivation, processing, distribution, sale, or to operate a micro according to the New York State governor's website. In addition, Governor Hochul announced that the state continues to shut down illegal sales of cannabis throughout New York State. The Office of Cannabis Management and the Department of Taxation and Finance has so far seized more than 8,500 pounds of illicit product with an estimated street value of more than $42 million. Applicants chosen for the cannabis licenses will begin being awarded in early 2024. New York City is challenging a unique legal agreement that requires it to provide emergency housing to anyone who asks for it. The city's shelter system is straining under a large influx of international migrants who have arrived since last year. The city filed a request late Tuesday, asking a court to allow it to suspend the requirement when there is a state of emergency where the shelter population of single adults increases at a rapid rate. The filing came as Mayor Eric Adams embarks on a four-day trip through Latin America where he said he will discourage people from coming to New York. Some property owners on Akawaka Lake are expressing concern about the deteriorating conditions at the site of the former Scotts Family Resort. The site gained renewed attention when it was featured as a family getaway spot in the Marvelous Miss Maisel television series. A company out of California acquired the 1,000-acre property in the town of Sanford in December of 2020. The purchase price for the site, about 30 miles east of Binghamton, was $2.7 million. The new owners plan to transform it into a year-round destination for adults and families, according to The Hollywood Reporter. But nearly three years after the sale, the people at Aquaga Lake say the dilapidated buildings remain an eyesore and a potential safety hazard. Town Supervisor Kenneth Wist said he hasn't heard of any detailed redevelopment plans from the property owners. He said the conditions of the remaining structures at the site have worsened since the sale. Was said he and the Sanford Code Enforcement Officer met last January with a representative of the owners to discuss the property and what might be done in the future. The town has conveyed to the owners concern about the appearance of the property, including grass that at one point reached about two and a half feet high over the summer. Some action was taken after the owner's representative was notified. A man who opened fire on a Brooklyn subway train last year is scheduled to be sentenced today. Frank James pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting aboard a Manhattan-bound rush-hour subway. He faces the possibility of life in prison. His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. And authorities say a mining company employee was crushed to death in an accident involving a shuttle car in a western Pennsylvania mine. LCT Energy said in a statement that the man became trapped between the car and an interior wall of the company's Maple Spring mine near Holsaple on Monday. The Somerset County Coroner Colin Swank identified him as 37-year-old Brandon Frederick of Johnstown and said he sustained multiple blunt force injuries. The death was ruled accidental. The State Department of Environmental Protection has ordered the operators of the township mine to temporarily cease operations in the affected section. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports, and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF.
0: News Radio 1290, WNBF.
1: Thursday morning live with Bob Joseph. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. Broom County Executive Jason Garner joins us live and we'll talk about some issues facing Broome County. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing? I am well. and Thank you for being with us this morning. So what are the top issues that you've been dealing with this week as county executive? What are the three top things that uh, you've been trying to focus on?
9: Well, I think the the main thing that we're working on right now is the budget. And I think the last time I talked to you, I talked to you about uh, how I had submitted the proposed 2024 Broom County budget to the legislature. So this week, the legislature started their budget review meetings. The Finance Committee of the legislature uh, goes through the whole entire budget line by line. Um, my administration's there. The department heads are all there and uh there's a lot of questions that get asked about you know why things are the way they are and we we answer those questions and helps the legislature uh you know helps them be informed as they uh go into a vote which i think happens sometime in early november to uh to finally adopt the proposed budget and see if they need to make any changes uh between now and now and then so that's uh that's number one thing I'm doing. Uh, the, the, what's the second thing I'm doing? Second thing I'm doing is we have a lot of construction projects, and we can certainly get into that and into the different ones. Um, but uh, really just uh, managing the construction projects that we have. And then, um, you know, there's a various economic, for number three, various economic development projects, uh, you know, talking to stakeholders who are involved with them and trying to put, put those things uh together and uh execute them um so that they can become a reality so uh i I would say that's probably uh you know what is it thursday of this week um that's probably what i've uh the, the three top things that have consumed my time
1: are you expecting any major economic development announcements over the next few weeks
9: i don't think anything over the the next the next few weeks no
1: no what about by the end of the year Maybe you never know you never know all right, is it anything well obviously, there are multiple projects that that you and the economic development people would be um, working on, but is there any one project in particular? And I always understand you can't you can't be specific but but of the things that are currently in the pipeline that ultimately might might come to fruition is there anything in particular that that strikes you as uh particularly exciting or unusual or something if it does get to the point where it can be publicly announced that people will, will be like wow um maybe <laughs> okay <laughs> well, yeah, yeah maybe. no i i, I mean, mean the, even if like, you like, say i mean like, the thing is you could say yeah bob absolutely and then i'd say I, oh what a uh, 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 chip fab plant? And then you'd say, Bob, I can't, I can't yeah, give you any um, specificity. Come on, man. I, I think the thing
9: that, uh, in terms of economic development, that the projects that the county is involved in, um, have already, it's already, you know, it's, it's, it's been in the public realm for, up for discussion, but you know, in, in, in some cases they have been completely funded, but we need to execute on those projects. So um, certainly what's going on over at the former IBM campus, now the, the Phoenix campus, in terms of the demolition of the buildings. Um, the county had put in, I think, almost $2 million to that project. I think the state put in about another $7 million. And my understanding is that they're starting to get underneath the ground and, uh, you know, work through that, that demolition, that demolition is actually, uh, when people think demolition, they think, uh, all the buildings come down and that's, that's definitely something that is going to happen in this project. But I think the more complex part of that project is all the utilities. It's, it's, a it it's, it's almost, uh, that the whole, uh, campus is almost a world in of itself. And it's a very complex network of utilities that run underneath the ground, making it, um, probably one of the most, uh, unique and uh, challenging uh, demolition demolitions that I've ever been involved in. But that's that's one of them. Right. So that's one of the projects that um, we are we are working on. And then, uh, you know, the, the other uh, project that's certainly already been talked about is um, looking for more available uh, space to, uh, uh, to, to to bring more businesses in here or allow uh, get businesses that are already here to expand. That's uh, something else that's going on. And then, you know, those are kind of the things that are kind of we're looking at for 2024. Um, And then there's, you know, obviously other projects that we've been in discussion about that um, are not like what I would call green lighted projects, but things that we're working to put together in the future to uh, bring more business here, to provide more housing, those types of
1: things. The demolition of the old IBM buildings, I guess it's uh, considered an old building group about five structures to the east of McKinley Avenue along North Street. People seem to be getting impatient because we've been talking about it now for years. I remember um, the uh, former or the the, uh, previous Endicott Mayor John Bertone saying, probably even maybe four or five years ago on this program. Yeah, we need those buildings demolished. And then, of course, that continued right. as uh, Linda Jackson became mayor. And we've seen the transition of the property from a local ownership group to Phoenix investors from Milwaukee. And still, the people I talk with in Endicott and the town of Union, they say, yeah, with all this talk. And again, to your point, we've reported on, on some of the intricacies of preparing the site for demolition. Because for one thing... It's it's still in that general area where the plume had been centered, and most of that, I'm told, has been rectified. But you also, right. indeed, because of the very special nature of the IBM manufacturing complex going back to the 30s and 40s, you do have uh, probably one of the most complicated underground scenarios as far as utilities, pipelines, and uh, goodness knows what else that uh, need to be addressed because it's, it's not simply a matter of calling in Gorick Construction and say, do your stuff uh, before they can start exactly. doing the stuff above ground. The stuff that people can't see needs to be fixed or addressed. Right, And
9: I, and I guess like, you know, we, we've done a lot of, uh, we've done a lot of those typical, you know, traditional uh demolitions of a lot of big eyesores and you can you know just a example the, uh, the uh, whole DJ building in West Endicott that is now the, the corporate headquarters of National Pipe and Plastic. that was a um, pretty much a straightforward demolition. It was a huge one. It was it, it, uh, it, it removed a huge eyesore, but you know that, that didn't have any issues with it. That, you know within a, you know, a very short amount of time that was that was done. Once we got the funding to do that, as you said, with this one, very complex because not only do you have to think about how do I work through the power plants that are underneath the ground and the water and the sewage, you know, the sewage and all that kind of stuff, you got to think about okay, uh, you know, how do I preserve that so that that can be used? Because the whole idea is not just to get rid of these buildings; the whole idea is to make the shovel ready for IM3 and other businesses to, to be able to use that. And of course, obviously those utilities were built, (laughs) um, year decades ago. And, and so it it makes that even, you know, a more complicated process. But I guess what I would say is that, um, this thing's going to happen. It's just a matter of time because you're right. There was a lot of talk five years ago about doing this, but what they didn't have was the money to do it. The funding's already been secured. The county put in funding. We worked with the state to be able to put in funding. The funding's ready to go. It's just a matter of uh, you know, coming up with a process to be able to do it so you do it right, given the complexities that you have with the utilities that are running under the
1: ground. But it will happen. Speaking with Broom County Executive Jason Garner, it's 10-20 on WNBF. More to come. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Bingham to Now, WNBF 92.1 FM 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com.
0: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM twelve ninety. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. If you-
1: WNBF at 1022 on a Thursday morning. We're speaking with the Broome County Executive, Jason Garner. About a year ago, we started reporting on uh, the proposal to acquire 300 acres of land in the town of Union and Maine, possibly, for a new industrial park. And you alluded to this earlier as far as trying to find um, more space for a potential corporate park. So here we are, almost uh, a year into it, uh, and I know this is the purview primarily of the Industrial Development Agency. But what's the latest that you're hearing with respect to their their work to potentially purchase that property along Airport Road and East Main Road? Are they are they getting close to being able to make a final decision on that?
9: Well, I think they're getting closer. I think every uh, you know month that goes by, they they get a little closer, and you know now they're. They're, uh, you know, formally meeting with. Um, I think the first part was reaching out to, you know, the potential, uh, you know, you know, the people who own the properties and, you know, trying to come up with some uh, agreements on purchasing those properties. And um, now that they they have some potential agreements on that, I think that they're, you know, now going to the very the, the town of Maine and the town of Union and filling them them in on the details and going through their Environmental review of it. So th- there's all this stuff before you 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 know you 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 know hit the green light on something. You kind of have to go through all of that to decide whether or not this is the the place where you where you want to do it. But my contention is is that um, we need this. No, you know wherever it's going to be, you know whether it's going to be in the, the town of Maine or Union or or anywhere else in Broome County. Um, we've really run out of industrial property Uh, that we have. There's just no other, we've uh, taken a lot of our old buildings and converted them into housing or other um, industries and there's really uh, no place left to do it. So my hope is, is that, um, you know, soon we can find a place to to be able to do that and and start to build that out for the um, next generation of, businesses because if we if we want to grow as a community then you know we we need to be able to secure shovel ready land for it
1: is there any serious talk now of possibly acquiring more than 300 acres i know that was being discussed at one point potentially acquiring maybe double the land that had been discussed in the original proposal is that something that still could be viable
9: I don't know that. And again, as you as you said, uh, this is something that um, the uh, the uh, IDA slash agency is 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 uh, the the point uh, person on. They're they're running point on this. Um, but you know, as far as I know, what they're looking at initially is 300 acres of land. That seems to be the the sweet spot that they're looking at. Um, I'm not sure if they're looking at more more land than that.
1: Well, those six hundred acres could be more attractive for. Well, I don't know if even six hundred acres is enough for another chip fab, but a mini chip fab.
9: Well, well what happened up in Syracuse was kind of uh, you know a once in a generation type of. I mean, it's probably the largest economic development announcement that you've seen in in the United States. Um, I don't think we're gonna. I think they have like a maybe a thousand acres. I don't think we're gonna get anything like that. And 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 I would. I would say that, you know, 300 acres is a lot of land, you know, um, it's, it's a lot of land and you have to put utilities up there and and develop the site. It's not just getting the land. You have to get it ready. But, um, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's a right size piece of land for what the County is looking for. I think, I don't think you want to, uh, bite off something more than you can chew, right? You don't want to, have 600 or a thousand acres of land, but not have anything to do with it. I think, I think 300 acres of land sounds pretty good. I've, you know, I, I think I've told you this before, but like we, we, uh, get the heads up from empire state development. Um, when businesses come and they, they're looking at New York state to do business and they're looking for, 50 acres of land with utilities within a mile or two of a major highway, you know, they're, they're looking for those types of things. Um, we want to be able to say, Hey, we've got it. And rarely do I say, or do I see a a proposal where like, we're looking for a thousand acres of land or even 500 acres of land. But I do see, you know, 20, 40, 60, um, acres of land out of, you know, some of these, uh, different proposals that, um, you know, just ask, the, we, sometimes, most times, we don't even know what company they're looking for. ESD is just saying, do you have the land, and does it fit these specs? Because we have a prospective uh, business that wants to come into the area. And right now, we really can't say that we do. Um, and, and I think 300 acres of land would be a, a good starting point um, so that we could then be able to say, yeah, we, we have it. And um, then start to engage with these companies and, uh, and, and try to bring them in and, and build up our, our businesses here.
1: At the moment, is there any other, for example, we'll call it Plan B for a possible location for Corporate Park in Broome County, besides the one that we've been focused on in the Town of Union Town of Maine over the last year? Has has any other spot in the county been identified as, as offering a sufficient amount of land and also being in a good enough location that it could potentially be attractive to business?
9: You know, there's, there's, uh, there's, you know, we have the airport property and the the question is, is, um, what, what are people looking for? We have worked to aggressively market the airport property. One of the problems with the, with the airport property is there's really two main issues that we have when we have potential businesses and we, we've, we've had businesses that have come up to the, the property and, Um, looked around and and talked to us. And one of the things that we have a big issue with is that businesses don't want to go seven miles off the highway. They want to go within a mile or two off the highway tops. And so, you know, the feedback that we're getting is that the airport property is is way too far away from the highway to be able for a business to want to go there. The other challenge with airport property is even though we have roughly like, 250, 300 acres of land out there is that a lot of the land is not what I would call flat land. So there's a very small amount of it that is actually um, flat. So it would cost a tremendous amount of money to level that land and and make it shovel ready, which is another one of the issues. So, um, you know, the the agency's really done their due diligence and they've looked around the county. Um, You know, we're in the valley, right? So, There's not a lot of flat space that's really left out there that that is close to the highway, that's close to to the utilities. This is kind of like the the most attractive by far area. Are there other parts of the county that people could go to? Potentially, but um, it might cost a lot more money to develop those properties on our end, and it might be much farther away um, and less desirable uh, much much farther away from the highway and less desirable for businesses to go to. So, um, you know, I, uh, there's potential options, but th- this seems to be the best one. It's
1: 1030 at WNBF Binghamton. I'm Bob Joseph. We're speaking with Broome County Executive Jason Garner. We'll have more coming right up. This is WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Stay connected using the WNBF app. Cashback is 10.33, Thursday morning live with Bob Joseph and Broome County Executive Jason Garner. It's getting closer. The dog park in the at the north end of Otsnego Park in the town of Shenango should be opening soon. What's the uh, latest on this project that many canine owners have been looking forward to?
9: Well, I think you just said it. I said, so uh, the dog park will definitely be opening soon. I would say in the next few weeks. And I would say definitely before Halloween, your dogs will be playing there. Okay, so that's the good news.
1: All right, so we're well, uh,
9: yeah, Brenda Brenda Gao, our parks director, has has done a great great job with that, and um, you know we just we just have to to put the final you know the final touches on it. But yeah, we're really excited that um, in the next couple of weeks it'll be open, and I know how much you love your dogs. And I am extending a special invitation for you to take your dogs to the park potentially before other dogs are there.
1: Oh, that would be and interesting. Give it a test run. Yeah, that, that would be interesting because I have to tell you, my dogs aren't really all that well socialized, and and mm-hmm. so they would they would get a kick out of just, like, take, taking it for a test run. We wouldn't stay long. We, maybe we'd stay for 10 minutes or so, but they would get a real kick out of that. So, so maybe... I think we can
9: accommodate that.
1: Yeah, well, it'd be, be and, nice also to... Because the other thing they like is when I take pictures or video because they're, you know, there's something... You wouldn't think dogs would have an ego, but these dogs, for some reason, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> they have an ego. They, they love getting, getting posted on social media.
9: Well, you know, it would be helpful for us, too, because uh, what if they went there and they just hated it? What if you put them in there and they just sat there, all, you know, the whole day? Then we'd be moping. like, oh, my gosh, maybe two, we have to go back to the drawing really, board. Really, two
1: two sad dogs <laughs> moping, watching alligator tears stream down their jowls. So, okay, well, we may we may look forward to doing that. And the good news is, even though our little brief... Uh, spate of summer-like weather this past week is coming to an end. I know there'll be yes. uh, definitely some some really nice days coming up over the next couple of weeks. So keep me posted about that opportunity, and I'll I'll uh, give them a heads up um, this afternoon when I when I see them. They'll be happy to hear about the
9: possibility. Now, have they been to a dog park before?
1: They have. They, they okay. Have so
9: they're used yeah. to they're they, used to the concept of it.
1: They okay. they are familiar with the concept. They don't go often, but they. They have seen it, and yeah, they like it it's different again, okay. because for the most part, you know they value their privacy, even though they like being on social media it's sort of sort of ironic but sure. um, but yeah they 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 are familiar with the concept, so I think they would get a get a kick out of uh, taking a, a a preview run or romp through that dog park.
9: We will uh, have our parks director reach out to you as we solidify the actual. Opening day, and then maybe you know before that, just before that, we can come up with a time to get them in there and and run around.
1: Sounds like fun. Speaking of parks, uh, a lot going on with with Broom County Parks, including the uh, it's ultimately going to be a massive project in West Endicott at Grippin Park there is a new concrete slab that's been put in so some of the initial work at Grippen Park is uh, has has started but i know most of that work is not likely to really get underway till next spring yeah um
9: we are Gripen Park uh, it's it's kind of a a three phase project the first pay, phase was to Reduce the and uh, remove and replace the entire concrete slab of the floor, at Griffin Park, and then um, part of that uh, first phase is then to do the renov- renovation, which I expect will happen in the spring. But then um, putting the uh, putting the amenities uh, in there, uh, the wiffle ball field, the basketball court, and then the uh, you know putting the ice and the uh, the pickleball courts in the in the newly renovated building. Um, I believe we open up the bids. So the, the, the bids on this park, um, for all the construction work to be done are what we call out on the street. They've been out, um, they're out, uh, for companies to bid on. And I think in less than two weeks, uh, they are due back. And then we will open up the bids and obviously follow the, the appropriate, uh, procurement process in um selecting the uh the people that will ultimately do the project so i I expect that the next time i talk to you the next month i talk to you we will have all the bids completed in ready to go and um they can get to work on the the uh the park and um it may be uh, they might be able to do some site work uh this year maybe depending on the weather but definitely uh we'll get into it and finish it
1: next year is everything complete now at the softball complex in the town of Dickinson? I know the the big announcement was made about naming yep. rights. Is there are there still any finishing touches that that will be needed at the softball complex as part of its uh, major makeover?
9: I think just about everything's done. Now we we're not going to do a grand opening until uh next year, probably in uh late March or early April, but, um, just about everything's been completed. There might be a couple of finishing touches to be done. Um, for example, we have some, some parking. We want to, uh, without, all, with all the people coming into, uh, watching these games and going to these games, uh, we've got to be able to level some of the, the parking around there. And, um, we'd like to repave some of the areas, uh, that will not happen until the spring. Um, but yeah, I mean just about everything has been done there. And in fact, we're, we're doing a soft opening where we do, uh, we have had two tournaments over the past two weekends. Uh, in total, we've had 27 teams come here, uh, 300 players, uh, you know, many other, uh, parents and fans watching the game. And in fact, it was kind of funny. I was, I was in Starbucks on front street, getting some coffee in the morning, uh, this past Saturday, I couldn't believe how many people were there. I'm like, what, what happened? And everybody just wake up and decided to buy coffee at, at Starbucks. And then I, it, I kind of realized, uh, that that was the, uh, the tournament was going on. And it's one of the things that we're talking about the effect that bringing hundreds of these travel teams into, you know, your community can have on, local businesses, certainly hotels and stuff like that. I kind of saw that, I've, you know, gone to that Starbucks many times and couldn't believe how many people were there. And so, you know, the same people are buying, you know, they're, they're, they're going in, you know, spending the, the whole weekend in Broome County and staying in our hotels and buying food and doing whatever else they do. And, um, you know, I think it's great for our local players, but I think it's also great for our, our economy, but, um, we'll have a grand opening. Everything will be done but, uh, I would say about 98% of the, the stuff is done there and it's definitely playable because it's been played on the last couple of weekends.
1: And right next to the softball complex is the Broome County dog shelter. I'm very familiar. That's when I, yep. uh, have, have been looking to adopt, uh, a dog. That's, that's where I've gone and I've been very pleased. Uh, C12 news reported that, uh, because of staffing shortages and uh, need for more volunteers the shelter is temporarily closed says they're doing meetings with the dogs now by appointment only what is the what's the situation at the dog shelter and looking forward say for the next several months is there uh, an expectation that things can can start to improve or is it likely to be in this state for at least the foreseeable future
9: I think it's, it's just a really difficult situation. I think we're, you know, we expect to hire some more people soon, but we just have, I I think the main problem is just having just a huge influx of dogs into the park. And there's, it's trying to figure out why that is. I, I think during COVID there was a record amount of people that, you know, were obviously they were lonely. They couldn't go anywhere. They, um, one of the things that people did was, uh, you know, get animals, you know, they were companions to people. Um, one of the, the, the issues that we've seen is that I, 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 think there's a fair amount of people who did that, that, um, maybe weren't ready to be dog owners, but they were, you know, they, they thought they were during that time. And, and now they're, they're, uh, you know, they're not taking care of them. So, uh, definitely an, an issue that I think is really driving a lot of this and they're definitely at capacity. So if, if anybody is interested in seriously adopting an animal, um, or even spending some time in volunteering at the shelter, we certainly encourage people to, uh, to be able to do that. But it's, it's definitely something, uh, you know, I know the humane societies, you know, having the same type of problems with the large amount of, uh, of animals that they have. And, um, you know, we're hoping that people can come in and, um, you know, like I think you have before. And, uh, you know, if it, they're really interested in being a, a dog owner and, and adopting um, these dogs.
1: Absolutely. And also, if you've never owned a pet before, if you've never had a dog or a cat, um, feel free to ask some questions because, indeed, you need to do some homework. It's It's a responsibility. There is... A, a need for proper care and also absolutely there's a need to spend some money because even for routine health checkups and also when something uh pops up you have to be ready to care for for your dog or cat uh as as appropriate so don't don't just jump into it because it's not not like uh something that you order off amazon.com and and then say, well, I'm tired of it. And I think, unfortunately, I think as you alluded to during, during the pandemic, some, sometimes that happened and people did spend most of their time at home. And then as uh, we emerged from the pandemic, people are returning to work and just are not in a position to, to continue to, to properly care for their, their new pets. So you do have to do do some research before you jump into it and then after you have made a decision, then follow through on your commitment. We will continue our conversation with Broome County Executive Jason Garner in a moment. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF. WNBF Live at 1046, Bob Joseph with the Broome County Executive, Jason Garner. What's the status of the development of the Veterans Services Center on Binghamton's north side? Good news
9: on the Veterans Resource Center. The bids open Tuesday. Our uh, Public Works Department is uh, you know very quickly getting into the reviewing of those bids, and we expect to award contracts within the next few weeks, and I believe that we'll actually uh, start construction in some way, shape, or form on the project before the end of the year with the goal of getting it completed, uh, most of it completed, if not all of it, by the by the end of next year. So uh, that project is uh, moving along, and, um, you know, uh, we, again, we just opened up the bids, but uh, it's my hope that we can uh, get this project uh, in and on, budget and uh, done in the time period that we want it to be done in
1: and for people who haven't followed along since the project was announced for this site after this site was chosen uh just talk uh briefly about what's involved physically with the the actual components of what will be constructed what that'll be
9: yeah i mean our our county is always you know, done a ton of stuff to support our veterans. We have uh 12 or 13,000 veterans in our community. Um, very uh, blessed to have so many veterans that live in Broome County. And, uh, we really feel, uh, that we owe it to them, that we support them, um, throughout their whole lives here. Uh, during their service and then, and when they're finished with their service. So, um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to build a veterans resource center to put all of our veterans agencies in one building to be able to, uh, to further that, uh, commitment to our veterans. And, uh, we're, uh, we're, we've got a piece of property over on the North side of Binghamton, the former state street, bowling alley property, um, that we purchased and uh, looking to build a, a beautiful building that is going to put our Veterans Service Agency and, and a variety of other local agencies in there as well.
1: And what about the residential component? Is that still?
9: Yep. There's a, we are also going to build, there's a, there's a component um, to build out housing there as well, and we'd like to be able to build some, some tiny homes in that area. And uh got a lot of grants. Uh been really uh, appreciative of um semi Woman Lopardo, Senator Akshar, who's provide you know, they they provided some uh, big time state grants and uh uh Congressman Molinaro is uh teeing up a pretty large grant for us as as well at the federal level. So it it's been something that um has been uh, really supported um, not just verbally but by a, a funding commitment by a number of different levels of government. I'm really excited to get a started soon.
1: And still potentially 10 so-called tiny homes like duplexes that would be yep. part of this. Yep. Also, oh, we didn't really touch much on On this, I think you might have alluded to it. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago when you were on. There has been a bit of a delay with the housing complex, the apartment building planned at the old IBM Country Club site. We did get a little bit of an update from Stacy Duncan about now uh, the groundbreaking. Apparently, it it seems is likely to happen next spring because the developers still uh, need to go through the application process for state funding. Yep.
9: We're just waiting on the state funding for that. But, um, I I believe the application process, uh, should be open and finished pretty soon. And, um, I I believe the state's going to be a really big support on that project so that we're, we're targeting a groundbreaking for spring. Um, these projects, all these housing projects, which are really important to the community. Um, we, we put local funds into these projects, but they really, um, they work or they don't work based on the state funding that they can get, which is uh, sizable. It, it's, it's the largest amount of the funding for all of these types of uh, housing projects typically. Um, so, but yeah, we're, we're excited for that project to happen and some uh, other housing projects that happen across the community
1: as well. And what's the latest on the, uh, the work that's getting underway up at the Greater Binghamton Airport in the town of Maine? Yeah,
9: so there's there's three phases to the airport. It's a $45, $50 million project, and um, Mark Kiefner is doing a great job on that. I just saw the latest renderings on the airport. It's just going to look absolutely beautiful. But uh, the phase one bids uh, were awarded um, just this week, kind of the pre-construction bids. Um, we'll award the phase two uh, bid in the next week or I think in the next couple weeks, and that's the construction a part of the bids there's a phase three which is like all the finishing touches the trim and the furniture and all that kind of stuff which will be bid out um relatively soon but that project is moving forward and um you know bids have already been awarded and you'll you'll start to see some of that uh the first work you'll see it up at the airport is uh kind of moving things around right so that uh we, we're still going to have the airport functioning when we do this, this renovation. So I think some of the the earlier work will be uh, moving things around so we can get into it and actually do that
1: construction. Coming up, we'll talk about New York City housing vouchers. Will they be used in Broome County? That's coming up next as we continue our conversation with Jason Garner on this Thursday morning on WNBF. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has changed policies allowing those eligible for housing vouchers to use them in other counties in New York State including Broome and Tioga counties and we're on the line with the county executive Broome County Executive Jason Garner so what what are your thoughts some uh, county leaders in parts of upstate New York are are concerned about the policy change just announced by Mayor Adams
9: yeah we're concerned because uh we believe that if you have a housing issue you have homeless problems you should take care of it you shouldn't uh, take your problem and give it to somebody else, which is absolutely what New York City is doing. We believe that under our existing emergency order which is still in effect um, this policy is prohibited but what we're also going we're, we're also working on is we're going to be amending adding another part of our emergency order to uh clarify that this policy is also prohibited. Uh, If we let this happen and people came in uh, to this community, I mean, these vouchers are worth far more than what people are getting here in the community, obviously, right? Because in New York city, it's, you know, you're getting a lot more money for, for the rents. So what, what it would happen, it was, it would price everybody out, of rental properties here it would just uh, cause havoc here if this was allowed to happen and what i'm going to tell you is that just yesterday um we were alerted to the fact that we had an individual from the city up here that was looking um going to various hotels and they were looking to rent out hundreds of rooms for up to 3 years for uh, And they, they said they were looking um, to house migrants from New York City and homeless from New York City. And obviously, uh, this is against our executive order. And I, and I want to thank, uh, we, we alerted uh, Sheriff Akshar to this, who's enforcing, doing a great job of enforcing our current emergency order. And uh, they were able to uh, have a discussion with this individual that um, he was violating the law by attempting to do this. And, and he, 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 he read the emergency order. It was a copy was provided to him and he left. Um, but this is serious. I mean, if you we're trying to work on our you know, our homeless issue, we, uh, I talked to you about a number of housing developments that we're uh, committing funding to. And, uh, I think it's absolutely wrong for another entity to, um, take their, their big city money, and try to take their problem and uh, give other people their problem and not be responsible for it. I'm not trying to send people who are homeless in Broome County to any other community. I'm trying to find solutions and work with stakeholders here to get people in the housing uh, that they need and deserve and, and help them. Um, I would never think that, um, hey, let, let's just uh, you know send them down the road and, and put, them, put them somewhere else out of sight, out of mind. So uh, we will be amending our emergency order, but I, you know, I referenced, um, you know, the interaction that the sheriff had with this individual that.
1: And where uh, was this? Where, where was this?
9: It was at a local hotel in Broome County. Apparently he had gone to a number of of different, this individual has tried to go to several different hotels. And uh, again, I mean, we're talking about buying up large blocks, 300 uh, units. Uh, 300 apartments for up to to three years
1: is it possible that um even before the uh the conversation was had with him that he already had finalized arrangements with any broom county hotel
9: Uh, my understanding is he uh there were no arrangements he wasn't able to make any arrangements but i i bring this up for a couple reasons one um the sheriff we would not be able to to enforce this emergency order without the, the good work of the sheriff. And I, and I have to give credit to all the hotels. The hotels alerted us to this and the sheriff's done a great job with communicating to the hotels and continuing that communication. And we have a great relationship with the hotels and they came to us and they said, we have somebody that's coming in here and do this. We want, you know, we want you to be aware of that. And, um, you know, no emergency order is, is worth this weight unless we're going to be able to enforce it. And I really want to thank the sheriff for being able to do that. I have 300 people right now in emergency housing in hotels right now. We're, we're trying to find permanent places to, to put those people to reference some of the projects that we're doing. If somebody came in and took 300 units of housing from them, like this individual was trying to do, we'd have another 300 people out on the street with no shelter. And this is why I talk about this. This is why we, we are putting these emergency orders in. This is why we were so concerned about what New York city is trying to do. Um, we'll update you, uh, probably within the week of, uh, along with the media and the community about the, uh, the new part of the emergency order that we're putting in with this latest, um, attempt by New York city to, uh, to, uh, to neglect their problem and, um, saddle other communities with their problem.
1: Are you concerned that because of the uh, the financial situation that so many hotels and motels face that, that still one or two would be so um, in need of money, thousands of dollars a month that they're otherwise not going to get, that they would be inclined to do a deal and try to um, get around this and, and try to do it under the radar? Because let's face it, yeah. in the end, money talks.
9: Well, what New York City is saying is that with the voucher, they they will give somebody a thousand, minimally, a thousand dollars a month for guaranteed five years. So this individual uh, was, was, I mean, you think about how lucrative that is to a motel, a thousand dollars a month, 300 units, do the math. That's a lot of money a year. Um, The problem with that is that, A, it's going to make 300 people homeless, in this community, and B, and we've always asked New York City this question: um, You're taking people um, who are on social services in New York City, and you're putting them in other communities. You're trying to do this in Broome County and other communities. Now we are going to have to provide for social services, and, and we're, we're stretched to the limit there as well. And we, you know, so so it's really uh, it, it's going to make more people homeless in Broome County. It's going to further tax our social service system. This is the responsibility in New York city. We have issues with homelessness in Broome County. We're taking on that responsibility. New York city should do the same. That's why we're passing emergency orders. That's where, why we're having them enforced and every single community and upstate agrees. They agree with what, what we're doing in Broome County. And it's, it's a bipartisan agreement, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or anybody in between, um, it's it's united front that the upstate communities have in regards to what new york city is is trying to do it's it's a it, it's i've never seen it before i mean we 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 actually did see it before with uh new york city was trying to do this about 5 or 6 years ago in a much smaller way and we caught them doing that um but this is this is a, on a scale we've we've never seen before and we're just we're not going to we're not going to just stand by and let it happen we're uh, we're doing everything we can to stop it.
1: Groom County Executive Jason Garner, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. More to come on WNBF Binghamton. ABC News.
0: This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: When it comes to my lifestyle and diet, I don't always make the smartest choices.
0: Touchdown! Woo! <laughs> hey, how about another round of smart chips?
1: But when it comes to taking care of my liver, I do make one very smart choice active liver tablets from new nordic i used to have real issues with my liver and at my last and my doctor's happy I ask a lot of my liver, so the least I can do to say thanks is a daily dose of active liver.
4: Active liver is one of many award-winning health products from New Nordic, the number one supplier of dietary supplements in Scandinavia. Purchase at Amazon.com or for a volume discount, visit NewNordicUSA.com. Available as a tablet or delicious sugar-free gummy. Protect and help your liver the easy and effective way with active liver at Amazon or NewNordicUSA.com.
2: New York City police are trying to find the suspect in a deadly stabbing attack. ABC's Trevor Ault says the suspect went after 32-year-old Ryan Carson near a bus stop in Brooklyn.
0: Police are now reviewing surveillance video that shows 32-year-old Ryan Carson waiting at a bus stop with his girlfriend after attending a wedding. The suspect walks past and Carson and his girlfriend then head in the same direction. Carson steps in front of his girlfriend and tries de-escalating the situation. Backing away, he trips over the bus stop bench, the suspect then stabbing him multiple times.
2: Police believe they know the name of the suspect. Carson was an activist who focused on trying to reduce drug overdose deaths in the city. And the Nobel Prize for Literature was awarded this morning to a Norwegian author and playwright. The honor was given to Jan Fosse. The Nobel Committee says his writing gives voice to the unsayable with works that focus on human insecurity and anxiety. The Nobel Peace Prize will be announced tomorrow. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Where news breaks first, News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 79. Increasing clouds tonight, low around 62. Chance of showers, cloudy on Friday with a high near 73. The Spot Diner Restaurant in Upper Front Street in the town of Shenango will be closing its doors this month. The Spot has been a popular uh, restaurant with Broom County residents and travelers since the 1960s. Owner Spiros de Matos told WNBF News that the decision to close was painful, but he said it's obviously not something we wanted to do, but it was necessary because of business conditions. All of the expenses associated with running the restaurant were continuing to rise. The COVID-19 pandemic had a big impact on business and things never fully recovered. A closing date has not been determined, but they say it won't be long before the spot shuts down. The owner said he's committed to keeping the place operating at least through Columbus Day. The restaurant property, which includes about two and a half acres of land, is listed for sale. The asking price for the site is $1 million. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul announced that the application period to apply for a license for businesses and individuals wishing to legally grow, process, distribute, and sell cannabis is now open. The open application period began on October 4th and will remain open until December 4th. Hundreds of licenses will be awarded in New York State. These licenses will be available for cultivation, processing, distribution, sale, or to operate a micro-business, according to the New York State governor's website. In addition, Governor Hochul announced that the state continues to shut down illegal sales of cannabis throughout New York State. The Office of Cannabis Management and the Department of Taxation and Finance has so far seized more than 8,500 pounds of illicit product with an estimated street value of more than $42 million. Applicants chosen for the cannabis licenses will begin being awarded in early 2024. New York City is challenging a unique legal agreement that requires it to provide emergency housing to anyone who asks for it. The city's shelter system is straining under a large influx of international migrants who have arrived since last year. The city filed a request late Tuesday, asking a court to allow it to suspend the requirement when there is a state of emergency where the shelter population of single adults increases at a rapid rate. The filing came as Mayor Eric Adams embarks on a four-day trip through Latin America where he said he will discourage people from coming to New York. Some property owners on Akawaka Lake are expressing concern about the deteriorating conditions at the site of the former Scotts Family Resort. The site gained renewed attention when it was featured as a family getaway spot in the Marvelous Miss Maisel television series. A company out of California acquired the 1,000-acre property in the town of Sanford in December of 2020. The purchase price for the site, about 30 miles east of Binghamton, was $2.7 million. The new owners plan to transform it into a year-round destination for adults and families, according to The Hollywood Reporter. But nearly three years after the sale, the people at Aquaga Lake say the dilapidated buildings remain an eyesore and a potential safety hazard. Town supervisor Kenneth Wist said he hasn't heard of any detailed redevelopment plans from the property owners. He said the conditions of the remaining structures at the site have worsened since the sale. Was said he and the Sanford Code Enforcement Officer met last January with a representative of the owners to discuss the property and what might be done in the future. The town has conveyed to the owners concern about the appearance of the property, including grass that at one point reached about 2.5 feet high over the summer. Some action was taken after the owner's representative was notified. A man who opened fire on a Brooklyn subway train last year is scheduled to be sentenced today. Frank James pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting aboard a Manhattan-bound rush-hour subway. He faces the possibility of life in prison. His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. And authorities say a mining company employee was crushed to death in an accident involving a shuttle car in a western Pennsylvania mine. LCT Energy said in a statement that the man became trapped between the car and an interior wall of the company's Maple Spring mine near Hulsapel on Monday. The Somerset County Coroner Colin Swank identified him as 37-year-old Brandon Frederick of Johnstown and said he sustained multiple blunt force injuries. The death was ruled accidental. The State Department of Environmental Protection has ordered the operators of the township mine to temporarily cease operations in the affected section. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290,
0: WNBF. News Radio 1290,
1: WNBF. Bob Joseph, Thursday morning, call me 607 772
0: 1290. We'll sing in the sunshine.
1: sunshine then I'll be on my way this is the best day ever that's what it says on the teleprompter good morning WNBF you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from
10: hey it's Airport Road Bob how are you Bob super uh, yeah me too I just uh listened to the last segment of your show and you know I really love these politicians you know they talk how great something is and how everything's going to be better when they do something and then they keep talking and they go on and talk about how they do whatever they can to protect the quality of life for the local residents Uh, with no disregard for the people that are actually paying taxes. So here's the skinny on the 300 acre corporate park to make everybody up to date so that they don't have to listen and listen to the fake news and I hate using that term but Um, Yes, they're now pursuing a 600-acre corporate park. What they fail to tell you all the time is that this project is still um, non-transparent. They've been to the town of Maine recently. They've been to the town of Union recently. They have not submitted any current paperwork. They have not submitted any of the state paperwork required, which is called a seeker form which does environmental uh, reviews, um, highway reviews, all of that stuff. And yes, we are all within two weeks of a year of this project being announced. Um, They also failed to mention that the person that owns the property they're looking to buy was a former employee or member of the IDA and is now a um, member of the Broome County He works for Broome County. Um, They're paying five times the value of the property for this property. Um, I'm just old school. I look at it as a conflict of interest. I mean, how can a guy that works for the county be involved in selling property at a a, a raised value um, when it's going to ruin the quality of life for hundreds of residential rural residents who pay their taxes? Lots of these people have lived in their properties for fifty years or more, and yet they're going to give these these projects tax abatements that last anywhere from ten to thirty years. Um, it's just wrong Bob he's a hypocrite you know he talks about um, not wanting to help the immigrants coming from out of the out of country to get rooms because uh, we already have too many homeless yet uh, he's worried about the the quality of life for the local residents, but on the other hand, he wants to build a corporate park and destroy two neighborhoods, uh, from residential rural to uh, commercial industrial. And let's not even look at all the problems that it's gonna create. First of all, we don't have people to work all the jobs we have now. If you call the guy at Staff King, he'll tell you he has thousands of jobs available and no people to work them. Um, We don't have the housing that we would need for 3,000 people to come into an industrial park and work. Um, We don't have the highway um, to to take 3,000 employees on those roads. Um, I'm sorry I'm venting, Bob, but these guys just, they tell you what they want you to hear. They don't talk about the effects of what's happening to everybody else and I do appreciate you letting me vent today.
1: All right. Well, I I appreciate your listening. And at least when we um, try to get updates, whether it's from the county executive or also from the IDA, at at least you, when we do the updates, we try to get some information. Obviously, it's, it's not as much information as one might like, but we're striving to keep people posted about all the projects. That's one thing that at least when we do talk with the county executive, typically, not always, but typically on the first Thursday of the month, at least we get updates on projects and what is the official status of proposed projects. So I think I think the the information extre- is extremely useful. And that's what we're trying to do. Keep people posted. As always, though, regardless of where you live, if you live in Broome or Tioga or any of the surrounding counties or if you're listening on the app from outside the area, wherever you are, definitely pay attention to your local government bodies. Could be a county legislature, a city council, a town board, village board. Do pay attention. Don't expect that any project, any tax proposal, any pay increase plan, don't expect to hear about it in the news. In fact, just the opposite. Expect that big things, no matter what, when it comes to local government, your default position now, sadly, must be you're not going to hear about it until they've taken action. And it doesn't necessarily mean because they're trying to keep everything under the radar one of the biggest problems and if you've been listening to this program for any length of time you know what the problem is um, our media infrastructure the the news media infrastructure that so many people love to hate is bit by bit vanishing and soon those who despise the news media so much will be able to declare victory and there essentially will be little original reporting left for most of the United States. And then you'll see what happens. And then you'll perhaps come to a belated appreciation that, yes, the journalists that you despise so much were doing a service for you and for your community. But by then, it'll be too late. Then you'll say, well, why didn't we know about that? Why didn't we know about this? Why didn't we know about the other thing? Well, because you didn't support local journalism. Because you joined... The um, the great one, the self proclaimed great one, and hating the media. And so you allow the media to basically wither and die, and then all sorts of stuff will happen and you'll find about it find out about it too late. But by then by then you'll I guess have to go to plan B or whatever. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
4: Uh hi Bob. This is Sandy from Port Dickinson. Morning. And I uh I I was listening to Jason very intently. I, I was so happy that he brought this problem of New York City to light in our area because I was then there was this local social media platform that's local and I'm not gonna say what it is. And um there was a woman on there begging for help. Because she was at a motel, she had been living at this motel with her children, and uh, they were evicting her, and she had to be out, I think, today or tomorrow. Uh, She put this on social media asking for help. So, uh, this is already going on, and I have seen other posts on this local media thing, uh, local internet uh, anyway um this this is atrocious. This should not happen not to our Broome County or any other county in upstate New York or any place in New York. Uh, Mayor Adams brought this on himself he wanted people to come there and and they were uh they were going to be welcomed uh, whatever, which is fine. He wanted them there. So let them stay. Let him figure out his own problems, and and stop sending them all over the state, because we can't afford it. We need to take care of our own homeless, our own our own poor people here, of which we have many. And uh, this, it just has to stop. It's it's atrocious. So I hope more people uh, get a hold of uh, their legislators and, and voice their opinion and say, you know, stop this right now. And I'm glad Jason and Fred Akshar have, uh, already gotten in the loop, um, because they knew about it long before probably most of us would or ever will. So it's just, I, I, I just, uh, that's my opinion and I just had to call and say it. that's all.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. 1120 WNBF, the voices of the people, the voices of the people are heard every day right here on News Radio. More calls coming up 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto
0: Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW.
2: Uncle's-
1: 1122, live on the Big N, WNVF. Jim Baker from the Southern Tier Antique Tractor Club joins us. Good morning.
5: Good morning, Bob. Uh, I got a total on our weight, finally. A little over 20 ton.
1: 20 uh, tons we- of potatoes were harvested? Right, right. I had
5: 110 volunteers show up, and a lot of that was a seating seeding Catholic kids. We had Amish, young Amish people there, boys and girls both. We had people from Enwell, kids from Enwell, kids from Johnson City, you and Andy, but uh, we did very, very well. The food bank down in Elmira took 10.5 tons by themselves. And the rest of it we distributed locally around.
1: All right, and these were potatoes that were planted. Seeds were put in the ground last May, and this is a project by the Southern Tier Antique Tractor Club, which has been going on for over a decade. Right. All right, so with...
5: 191 ton we've donated so far.
1: So you're approaching 200 tons of potatoes since this, this program began. That's incredible. Right, right. And for the, the harvesting, which went on uh, at a field in West Corners, not too far from right. Phil's chicken house. Tell me, um, uh, was the harvesting done just over a period of a couple of days or or how long did it take to, um, to get all these uh, potatoes, the 20 tons of potatoes out of the ground?
5: One day. We did it in one day.
1: Oh, really? So that's remarkable. Yeah. That's a lot of work.
5: Well, we do. We start digging them on Friday, but to get them on the ground. But then when they come, start picking them up. Why we continue to dig, and by the time I think it was around three o'clock, we were done. Started at nine in the morning. By three
1: o'clock, we were done. And how does this year's it. crop compare to to past years? Was this one of the bigger crops? Very,
5: very good this year. Very good this year. Last year we only did around twelve tons. So,
1: and uh, as we've pointed yeah. out, some some years, because of weather conditions, sometimes if it's too too wet, some years you, you wound up actually harvesting nothing.
5: Well, there was two years. Eleven was one. I don't remember the other one. The fields flooded about a week before we were ready to harvest, and they rot in the ground almost overnight. So we couldn't harvest anything. Two years. So, I, I mean... It, it feeds a lot of people, Bob. That's the only thing I can tell you
1: well, thank you for the update i I appreciate the the uh, final report for uh the twenty twenty three harvest and I take it that people will be looking ahead to next spring next may to continue this tradition
5: I hope so. I mean the average age of our club members is over seventy years old, so I don't know how much longer we're we'll going to be able to do about?
1: Well, hopefully there will be people in the area, younger people, who will be willing to um, take the torch and, and continue this because clearly this is uh, an important program for the Southern Tier. It's very hard to get young people involved, very hard. I I certainly understand. And hope, But hopefully, I mean, it is a good sign, and, and I, I commend the, uh, the local schools and the other organizations that made arrangements to have have the young people help with the harvest this year. So hopefully uh, at least a few of them might be in a position at some point to, to sort of take a, a leadership role in, in helping this continue.
5: Let's hope so. Well, I want to thank you for your time and, I mean, it's nice to let the people know that we're out there and what we're doing, and we're trying to do something good for the community. So, let's hope we can
1: continue. Jim Baker of the Southern Tier Antique Tractor Club. Thank you for checking in. Talk with you later, Bob. Thank you. It's 11:27 at News Radio WNBF, serving the community for nearly a century. Andy and Vestal. Good morning.
11: Good morning. I was listening to the conversation from Jim. Uh, very, it is very commendable what they're doing um, um, raising the potatoes. I'm, unfortunately, I'm also in the seventy group also, but I, I agree with him. I hopefully someone will continue on with that tradition of uh, of uh, working in the fields and and harvesting potatoes. Um, I just wanted to um, uh, again just. Uh, it, to, uh, discuss or just remind people this Sunday, uh, October the 8th at 12 and 12 to four at Arnold park, the fundraiser for, um, for the three candidates, uh, running for a town of town of Vestal, uh, uh, supervisors slash, uh, council people, um, for real democracy for com And, uh, Please check out the website. Um, it will have all the information about the event, as well as their their platforms, as well as uh, what their what their what their what their what the future would look like if uh, they were had the opportunity to um, be um, installed into office uh, in January. And that's pretty much all I want to say. And I also want to thank you, Bob. I did hear the uh, the part of my, when I was in my car a few moments ago uh, about um, the media not, not being there uh, it, because of uh, people saying negative things about um, media people. Um, thank you for, for doing what you're doing in Binghamton because we don't have anything, anyone like you who will allow uh, people to, to speak you know, their minds on the air and allowing me and many others to to say things that we really believe in.
1: Well, as you know, it's it's an opportunity open to all and I do my best to be fair to everyone. I'm trying not to uh, play favorites and, you know, whether whether it's for an important town of Vestal race or the important Broome County race this year, uh, candidates and their supporters are certainly encouraged to participate and um, as we've said look the the election for people who didn't write it down the election is november 7th and early voting will start in a few weeks so you'll have multiple opportunities to weigh in and i don't encourage people to vote for one person over another i don't have a favorite and i'm committed to work with whomever wins each of these key races, whether it's for supervisor or the district attorney's office, because going forward after January, it's important for Broome County and Vestal residents to be able to have ongoing information. So, you know, I don't want anyone to think, oh, I I pick sides. No, everyone has essentially an equal opportunity to access this program and actually speak to uh, put prospective voters, and given the current sad state of the media landscape, and I'm not blaming anyone; it's just the truth. Uh, the number of venues that that exist are are slim and none, and I, I hope people take advantage of this opportunity.
11: I certainly appreciate it. I think a lot of other your listeners also as
1: well. Thank you. Hope you have a good day. It's eleven thirty. You're listening to WNBF Binghamton. I'm Bob Joseph. We have more calls coming up. I have no idea. I have no idea who I'll be speaking with next. I have some thoughts about who might call in, but you never know. It's a live program. Everybody can call. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Giving you what you want Monday through Friday from 9 to noon With thoughtful discussion And uh, some insights into what really Might be happening around here We spoke earlier about the impending closing of the Spot Diner restaurant on Upper Front Street, and it's one of those stories, important stories, and yet a sad story because it's been part of our community for so long. So Spot originally opened in the 60s. It's been owned and operated by the same family now, the Demata's family, since the 60s for the last 50 years, and within the next few days, it'll be closed. Uh, The property is for sale, and given the location and the size of the property, uh, there certainly would be a likelihood of redevelopment of that site. Will a new owner reopen uh, a restaurant operation there? I don't know. Running a restaurant always has been difficult and operating a restaurant these days i believe is tougher than ever so what will happen with that property hard to say but we'll keep you posted we certainly wish the uh, family that's owned spot diner restaurant all these years the best and certainly wishing the best to all of the workers and customers everybody who's affected Affects a lot of people. Eleven thirty-six. Back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
12: Good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. Um, I wanted to talk about the uh, the nonsense going on down there in the house, but uh, I thought I would talk about this uh, these uh, immigration and these uh, people being bused up here to these uh, sanctuary cities. You know, this is this is a perfect example of our political, how can I say, political of uh, the atmosphere. You know, you've got Texas and Florida, DeSantis and Greg Abbott. Now, I know that New York and Chicago and California and Washington, they say, hey, listen, sanctuary cities. But you know dang well this is not what they're talking about. We're not talking about busting 400 people. Coming in the night, early morning when no one knows, and you just keep sending them day after day after day. And then when these mayors of these cities say, hey, listen, we can't take this many right now, okay? We're trying to find houses and livable places for these people. And these governors say, too bad. They keep sending them. They keep sending them. And this is the same thing that goes in Washington. And this is what I'm talking about. There's no sense of using these people as a political tool for for no gain, for no gain at all, but to make the other person look bad. I was just reading where the mayor of New York City is now down there in Latin America trying to get with some of the people down there to say, hey, can you guys stop? You know, listen, we, we can't take this. Many. And I'm thinking, well, where's this Sanders and Greg Abbott? Have they been down there to Latin America? Have they been down there to talk about these people coming over the border? Or, 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 you know what, Bob, in politics, if you've got so much mouth, if you're in a certain party, if you've got so much mouth about fixing the borders, why don't you come up with a plan? If you've got so much mouth about health care, why don't you come up with a plan? And that's what I, that's what I look at. And, you know, they say there's a political. why well, I know, but you've got one party that is in disarray. And if you want things done, why don't you come up with some plan? But you don't have any. you got a lot of mouth. But
1: you have no plan. Well, and even if they had a plan, I don't think they would be inclined to advance it, at least not not until after the November 2024 elections. I think the only apparent plan for Republicans, at least at the uh, national level, is to create as much chaos and have, have the country uh, lurch from one potential shutdown to another and potentially um, drive the country unnecessarily into a recession and create a general discontent, unhappiness, uh, focus incessantly on crime to make people think that everything is more dangerous than it really is. They They want people, they're trying to whip people into such a frenzy by November 2024 that no matter who, was on the Democratic ticket, whether it's President Biden seeking a second term or, or some other potential candidate, uh, and even if you know who is the Republican candidate, that, that somehow by default he would be viewed as, as a better choice because they had managed to successfully create the appearance of, of uh, a country Totally out of control. And you look at Fox Cable Channel and some of the other news operations, it's a nonstop drumbeat, in my opinion, of trying to give people the sense that at every level of this great country that everything is totally out of control when the truth is far different.
12: Well, yeah, and, 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 um, and what you see and what you hear, oh, that's, that's not the truth if it's against what you believe in. And, and that's the other problem. But, you know, I want to, I want, I want to, um, um, say this too about, I heard, uh, John call in yesterday and from Binghamton and then, uh, Vic from the Forks came in and we we're talking about, you know, the, the, um, Scranton area and how they ran their, their government and, and, you know, how can I say, um, transparency. And I think a lot of people hear that. Well, where do I start? I mean, I can't get to these meetings. I can't get to this. And I think it goes right back, Bob, to basics. How do you start? You've got to vote. You have to vote. Don't think that your vote doesn't count. I'm telling you, that's the last thing the American people have. You have got to vote. You have got to teach the young people they have to vote. I don't care what you want to say. I don't care what these older people are talking about. Oh the the, the people that the, the the woke and they're indoctrinating our kids in college and they're indoctrinating in high school and the book banning and the, let's go after the 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 uh, the cross dressers and blah 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 blah. Vote. You've got to vote. That's how you change. And you, I'm, I'm sure And how do you vote? You want to vote early? You don't want to stand in line? call your Board of Elections. Hey, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to vote early. I don't feel like standing in the line. It, there's so many things that you can do, but that's where you start. You've got to vote. Because that's that's the best thing that this country has, is our voting. And you can vote these people out.
1: Or, in fairness, if you're happy with them, keep them in. I, 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 I just say vote. If you're happy with status quo, if you think everything... In terms of um, the current lineup in Albany and Washington and even at the local level, if if you think they're doing a satisfactory job, keep them on the job. Or, as sometimes happens, and we saw it happen in November 2020, sometimes people are so disappointed with the performance of someone, they, they actually decide to fire him.
8: Information keeping your customers from finding you. Press one now so we can verify your Google business profile. If you're the business owner, press one now. If your account is not verified, customers searching for your services on Google may not find your listing. Press one now to verify your listing. Press two
3: or call eight seven seven.
1: I don't know who this is. Is Barney Google? Hmm. Well, that is the beauty of. Living in a world controlled by the Google. Send a recording of that to the Department of Justice to use in their Google case, Exhibit Z. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: Ah, uh, Joan from Bingo. Hey there. Hi. Uh, when last night was the Biden wall announced?
1: Was it announced last night or was it announced Yesterday afternoon
8: oh yesterday Afternoon okay I wasn't sure when it was Announced because I haven't really heard That much about it except that uh, Somebody said it was Announced like 59 minutes And 59 seconds Before something or other so I Figured I'd uh, find Out what that last minute announcement uh, Happened when it happened
1: so Okay I Biden- Yeah I, I don't know what time It was announced i Is the timing somehow critical?
8: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, that now that all this is being shaken up by New York City and, you know, all the New York City crying and saying, you know, they can't take all, well, I guess 600 a day are still arriving. So what's that, about 4,200 a week, uh, about, what, uh, 16, 17,000 a month. You know, to add to uh, uh, New York City's uh, population and, you know, having to care for them, obviously, and house them. because, And they want to, Abbott said he wants to get rid of, was it Abbott? Wanted to get rid of the requirement for housing somebody. In other words, you know, uh, we don't have to put them up in some place, let them live on the street.
1: Well, I can't speak for Governor Abbott. I, I truly, I I truly am thankful that New York State is not being led by Governor Abbott. <laughs> I, I am, you know. I, you, well, hey, no, I, no. I never said I never said Kathy Hochul was mm-hmm. uh, a miracle worker, but I have to say, compared to Texas Governor Abbott, mm-hmm. she's she definitely is better than him. I'm not saying by how much, but. Can you imagine if Governor Greg Abbott was in charge of New York?
8: Mm, Well, you know, I guess they're worried about uh, him getting reelected, maybe a Republican getting in there because people of New York City are so pissed off about uh, living conditions there. I heard an interview of uh, uh, one lady saying, you know, we don't go out at all at night. We just stay home, you know, because it's just... You know, the streets are very, very dangerous, and, you know, nobody wants to go out. Most of my friends just, you know, stay home, and, uh, you know, once it gets dark, you know. No, it's because they're just
1: lazy. It's because they're lazy. They're too lazy to go out and do stuff. I've had a conversation with a couple of people over the past Mm -hmm. few weeks about people— of all ages, I mean, some, sometimes we say it's mainly young people who are transfixed by their screens, whether they're looking on their phone or iPad or TV, and just don't want to get out and do much of anything anymore. But that a- applies to people of all ages. And it's not, In most cases, it's not because they're afraid of crime. It's because they're too lazy to get off their butt and go do something. Well, I mean, seriously, whether it's go to a baseball game or a hockey game or a concert or a live performance, you know, don't be so lazy. Don't sequester yourself on your couch. You don't need to be a potato of the couch in order to enjoy life. I mean, you'll have plenty of time in the future to stick around in your house when you're no longer physically able. If you have the ability, get out and enjoy life. There's no... No excuse about, oh, I saw a report today about crime. Yeah. Think back to any time you've been alive. Any time. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. There have always been reports about crime and people being vicious and shoplifters. So what what we have now. No, what we have now. What we have now in the U.S. media is the ability to show crime in living color. So if, if somebody steals a pack of gum or a big screen TV, we can show it to you in living color three minutes after it happened. But that doesn't mean the same stuff wasn't happening five or 10 or 50 years ago. We just didn't have the technology to show you people stealing stuff in Philadelphia or San Francisco. Now we do... So now you see it five times an hour, along with all this hand-wringing that crime is out of control. If you use that logic, crime's always been out of control since the minute we were born.
8: Well, I don't remember, you know, big chains closing down because they were, you know, being robbed and closing stores. and Big uh, chains,
1: oh. think back, Joan, all your life, big chains have always Close down some stores. Now they have a built in excuse. Instead of saying, we're closing a store because it's underperforming, which is what they would have said in the past, now if they're of a mind, they'll say, oh, it's because of shrinkage. And sometimes they don't get very specific because the term shrinkage not only encompasses the stuff. That walks out the front door. It also includes the stuff that goes out the back door and off the loading dock. A lot of the so-called shrinkage that retailers are facing comes from their own employees. So, you know, it's disingenuous to think that suddenly... Target closes a few stores. All chains have closed a few stores. Look back on, uh, say, 50 years ago with uh, a lot of chains around here, Barker's and Jamesway and Dimsville and all these other chains. They used to have lots of stores. Philly Sales, they closed down all their stores. It wasn't because of shoplifters. It's because the company finally ran its course. Every business has... Every business has a beginning, a middle, and an end. There'll be no business, as far as I know, that's going to go on indefinitely. And so, if some places want to close down their business or close down certain units and then come up with certain excuses, in some cases, to deflect from their own inability to adjust to the marketplace, hey, good for them. You know, blame the shoplifters. But in a lot of cases, It's not the shoplifters that were primarily responsible for the inability of these companies to make an honest buck.
8: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, when people say they're fearful of shopping in certain places and don't want to go out after dark, I mean, you know, you have to take them at their word,
1: right? Oh, I do. If somebody tells me that they're fearful to go outside their home, I believe them. But I also believe, to a large extent, that's because they're watching a certain channel or reading oh. reading a certain publication. So, yes, if I, got, if I got most of my news from those outlets, I would never leave the house ever. Now, look... I, I go out every day. Now, so Wait, far...
8: can I get a word in edgewise here? I mean, I've been listening to you for, what, five minutes? By the way,
1: by the way, you had yeah. several words in edgewise. I let you go on for at least twice for well over a minute without interruption. So don't well, I give me what's this. don't on for
8: more than a minute?
1: Don't give me this. You don't get a word in edgewise. I've been trying. But you already did. You've had several words in edgewise and otherwise.
8: Do I have to tape them and find out exactly how long everything is? No, don't don't bother.
1: Don't bother because I'll be unimpressed. Now go on, make your point.
8: Okay, well, basically that's all you can do is look at the statistics and look what's happening in the world and people are afraid. I mean, they, they are reluctant to go to certain areas you know, whether in the past it was because of drug activity, et cetera, but now you're talking about mainstream places that, you know, people go to shop every week and et cetera, you know, versus, you know, some place at a drug-infested area. And, you know, why do people give up their freedom? Because they're afraid. So they give up their freedoms. And that's really a sad story for the United States, you know, I over 200 people have been killed in New York city so far. You know, it's not a record. I guess 300 was the record, but for a year, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it can happen. But anyway, back to Biden's wall, he wants to build 20 miles on the Southern border of Texas. And he wants to, uh, they're going to get rid of, or, nullify, what is it, 26 environmental laws and um, the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, and a whole pile of other species protection acts. And he's getting this money to build the wall, which he said he would never spend $1. Of course, he's spending Trump's dollars. 1990, not 1990, 2000, and Trump put aside some money for building the wall, obviously, down on the southern border. And that's what he's going to use for building this 20 miles after Majorca says there's no problem down there. It's perfectly OK. We're not having any problem. Why is he building a wall now? Now you can answer.
1: Thanks for your call. What can okay. I say? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to be excoriated. Well, you know, I mean, what's the point of having a conversation when the when the other party takes offense at at a vibrant back and forth? I mean, the whole point of when you call in is to have a spirited conversation. But if if you claim, if you make a false claim, you can't get a word in edgewise. Right. What I'm I'm not going to respond then if that's if that's what you think. And again, don't bother, play back the tape and come back with, you know, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's irrelevant. You had plenty yeah. of time before you, you said you couldn't get a word in edgewise when in point of fact, you had many words that were allowed in the first three minutes of the call. So if you don't like having a conversation with your favorite talk show host, I can accommodate. I, I just won't respond.
8: Okay. All right. Well, I just uh, you know, decided that uh you were talking about immigration and about, you know, people coming into the area, being bust up here. And uh, you know, New York City it's not getting any better. Except, I guess, if Biden builds the wall, maybe, you know, for 20 miles, I don't know how much good that's going to do, but if it's guess if, if it's at a prime location, maybe it will do some good.
1: Thank you for your call. Okay. WNBF 1157 with Bob Joseph. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, we'll do it tomorrow from 9 to noon. Only on WNBF. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. This
0: is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton.